What's up, Boston? It's St. Patrick's Day, or just Friday, March 17th. And that means it's time again for another installment of the Friday Five, where we update you on the latest news from Boston and around the U.S. I'm Landry Harlan. And I'm Chris Lacanza. With the Boston University News Service, or BUNS for short. As usual, we have lots of news to cover, so let's get right to it. President Trump proposed his first official budget to Congress on Thursday, a $1.15 trillion plan that calls for sharp cuts to domestic programs while boosting the budget for security. The White House calls it the America First budget, and it contains a $54 billion increase in cuts to federal programs. White House Budget Director Mick Mulvaney explained how the budget was crafted on CBS This Morning. We came at it, actually wrote the budget by going through the president's speeches, going through the interviews he had given and talking to him directly and, and finding out what his priorities were. We took those words, those policies, and turned them into numbers. Almost every agency will receive a cut in funding, except for the Department of Defense, Homeland Security, and Veterans Affairs. The budget faces harsh criticism from Democrats and even some Republicans, particularly regarding cuts to domestic aid programs and the Environmental Protection Agency which would receive a 31% cut. Congressional committees in the House and the Senate will next hold hearings for each department affected by the budget. A more thorough proposal will be released in May that will include tax policy and info on entitlements. Trump has said he won't touch Medicare and Social Security, the two largest federal entitlement programs. A federal judge in Hawaii granted a temporary restraining order on President Trump's revised travel ban on Wednesday, just hours before it was set to take effect. The new version will install a 90-day ban on immigration for citizens of six Muslim-majority countries. Trump denounced the decision in a rally in Nashville, Tennessee. You don't think this was done by a judge for political reasons, do you? No. This ruling makes us look weak. Which, by the way, we no longer are, believe me. An appeal to the Ninth Circuit Court is expected this weekend. If they uphold the judge's ruling, it would then go to the Supreme Court for a final decision, should the Justice Department choose to appeal again. Chris? The replacement for the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, could finally be coming. The Republican replacement for the ACA is slowly passing in parts through Congress, with the bill seeming to still be facing some opposition from both sides. Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price took a trip to Capitol Hill today to try to get members from both sides to work towards a solution that helps all of the American people. I'm here to encourage my colleagues on the Republican side, but on the Democrat side as well, uh, to get together and, and uh, collaborate and come forward with a work product that will respond to the needs of the American people. Now, President Trump says that Obamacare is on its last legs, while the new plan by the Republicans is in great shape, which he says he supports 100%. The health care looks like it's going to be in great shape. It's a great plan. Uh, the press doesn't give it a fair read, but I've heard that before. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? The fake, fake news. Uh, but it's a great plan, uh, or I wouldn't be involved with it. In a recently released estimated impact of the proposed Health Care Act, USA Today reports that the Congressional Budget Office estimates that the bill would actually increase the number of uninsured people by 14 million in 2018 and by 24 million in 2026. Now, according to CNN, top Republicans dismissed the CBO's report, with some claiming that the office is unreliable and not considering the plan in its entirety. Uh, Senator, Senator John Corrin dismisses the CBO, saying that they've been wrong before. Corrin also said that this is the CBO's initial pass on it and gives, and gives, and gives, uh, 
and gives politicians a target of what needs to be worked on so that they can continue to work on it for the best possible results. Now let's turn it over to Rob for what's going on in local stuff. Rob, what have you got? Good morning to Aisha. No, Rob, we are not doing accents this segment. <laughs> okay, fine. But only because a landmark as iconic as Boston St. Paddy's Day Parade just got saved. Wait, does the Sidgo sign deal finally happen? Yep, that giant neon triangle is reportedly going to be around for decades to come after the new property manager, Related Beal and Sitco, penned an agreement on Wednesday. Negotiations had gone tense at points, but... The sign is such a symbol of Boston at this point that Mayor Marty Walsh actually jumped in and helped both sides reach a deal. Knowing your sense of direction, Rob, I'm sure you're happy that you won't need to find a new reference point to find your way around the city. I'm certainly not upset. The Massachusetts congressional delegation, however, does seem pretty upset about this new budget proposal released by the Mass Bay Transit Authority. The proposed budget would cut off all funding for weekend commuter rail service. In a letter signed by all 11 members of the Mass congressional delegation, the representatives and senators warned that the cuts would leave their most vulnerable citizens without transportation and would hurt the local economy. The MBTA claims that the cuts were necessary to balance the budget without taking additional state funds, which Governor Baker made a priority for the group last winter. We'll be keeping an eye out for any updates from the MBTA as they come. But for now, we've got even more transportation news from Erin. So I'm going to pop out and let her take over. South Bostonians appear to be forming a mob in an attempt to drive out some snakes. Wait, what? The annual St. Patrick's Day Parade is happening in Southie on Sunday. The parade doesn't start until 1 p.m., but the Boston Transportation Department is closing off all roadways along the parade route starting at 10 a.m. and lasting until 4 p.m. The full list of road closures can be found on the city's website, and we'll put a link to the advisory in the show notes. All right, and how does that impact the tea? The MBTA says all bus routes that service Broadway or Andrews Station won't be able to do so because of traffic and road closures. They'll also be rerouting bus routes 9, 10, 11, 16, 17, and 47 around the parade route. And there will be some additional bus service to ensure parade goers make it to Southie and then back home. Route 7, which normally doesn't run on Sundays, is going to be running from 7 a.m. until the evening. And there will be a shuttle bus to and from the Summer Street side of South Station. And I think I speak for Mike Dukakis when I ask... No trains will be involved in the MBTA service interruptions. The red line may, at some points, bypass Broadway Station because of heavy crowds, but if that happens, it'll be on an as-needed basis. All right, thanks for the tea update, Aaron. That'll do it for Local this week. All right, guys, and now it's time for science! 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 And tech. With Aaron Wade. The CIA is a faucet and WikiLeaks. You're a weirdo, Rob, but you're right. If y'all haven't already heard, WikiLeaks released a whole bunch of what it says are CIA documents last week outlining how the government agency hacks into your digital devices. The document dump, if confirmed, shows that the CIA can hack into your smartphone, which allows it to get around sophisticated encryption in apps like Signal and WhatsApp. Basically, the documents say that after the CIA hacks your phone, it can grab messages and calls before your data gets encrypted, making your encryption apps totally irrelevant. Wow, that's actually huge. What can listeners do to protect their phones? 
So the documents show that the hacks exploit vulnerabilities in the code for your mobile operating system. But the good news is that Apple had already found the vulnerability that WikiLeaks says the CIA was exploiting, and they patched it up in their most recent iOS update before the WikiLeaks document dump. As for Android, they just released an update to patch up their own vulnerability. Basically, what I'm saying is what I've been saying since I left the womb. Update your software. So what you're saying is I just need to update. Update your mobile OS. Install your software update. Why haven't you already done this? Sorry. All right, I'm doing it now. I swear. Good. Uh, my, okay. All right. My update is installing. What else do we have from science and tech this week? We're going to shift gears a little and just talk science for the rest of the segment. First, the Great Barrier Reef is literally in hot water. But isn't it just so beautiful? Well, it would be if it weren't so dead. Aaron, you're kind of bringing down the mood. It's dying, Rob. The Great Barrier Reef is dying. Scientists say high water temperatures off the coast of Australia are to blame for the widespread death of the reef. Scientists also say the elevated ocean temperatures are a result of global climate change. Okay, so that's a huge bummer, but you have something about penguins on the docket for today's segment. I'm sure that will be cheerier. Can we switch to that? Of course! National Geographic reports that the number of penguins in East Antarctica is more than double an earlier estimate. Yay! Extra penguins! All right, that can't possibly be a bad thing. You are welcome, listeners. Okay, but here's the bad news. No, absolutely not. This segment is over. Yay, more penguins. Antarctica, like the Great Barrier Reef, has been pretty seriously impacted by climate change, according to scientists, and is really sensitive to temperature shift, which means... No, 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 I can't hear you. Like a lot of dead penguins. Researchers think that more than half of the penguins' habitat could be unsuitable for them by the end of the century. Why, Ern? Why do you have to do this? Since Rob seems to be having a meltdown, I'm going to go ahead and kick it to Chris and Bree for sports. All right, everybody, it's time for my favorite part of the podcast because it's sports time with me and Brie. <laughs> so what do we have on the table today to talk about first? How about the Patriots? How about them? Thank you for Bennett. I am very happy for this development as a Packers fan. I know it might be a little sad for you, Patriots fan, but that is a very nice trade that I definitely needed. Who else has been in trade talks or at least on the block? So on the block, um, the Pats are still looking with the Saints to move Malcolm Butler. This is one of the more, you really need to give the Pats credit because they were able to get Brandon Cooks from the Saints for some picks, but now you are able to get Malcolm Butler, something the Saints truly do need in their defense for something that the Saints have. So instead of trying to make it trade for trade for a player, you really get something back in return. I don't know what it is they're looking for for Malcolm Butler. That I'm not sure about, but I really have to give it to um, the Patch GM because they they know what they're doing up there. And also, we know Dante Hightower has chose to resign. We know his deal is four years, $43.5 million. So they have um, at least secured one part of their defense. I know they had four defensive players that they needed to either trade or take care of um, contract-wise. So we know that Jamie Collins is now with the Browns. Um, the Pats have signed Stephon Gilmore. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they move around some more of their pieces. What's going to happen? Butler still hasn't been signed yet. 
But I think that has to kind of deal with whatever the Saints and the Pats are working out. Because as we know, Malcolm Butler has contributed a lot to that defense. Very, very true. We'll see how that goes. There's still a lot of trades and acquisitions could be made before even summer ball starts. So who knows what will happen by the time summer actually hits. Oh, we also have the draft coming up next month, um, April 27th through the 29th. So that'll be interesting to see who they pick up also. All right. And things getting a little bit warmer. So that means let's focus in on spring training. Now, opening day is almost upon us. As a huge baseball fan, I'm super excited to see the Red Sox go up against the Pirates for opening day on April 3rd. Now, down in Florida, they pulled off a win against the Pirates. Chris Sale had a solid outing with 70-plus pitches. Now, in bigger news, don't forget, this will be the first season we will be without a big presence on the field of, of Poppy. Yeah. I was reading in the Globe today that um, they're still not sure if they're going to have Pablo Sandoval as their regular third baseman. So will we be seeing consistent faces on the Red Sox side this season? It'll be very interesting. Very interesting. I feel like 2016 was just the year of retirement. I don't know baseball without Big Poppy, just like I didn't know basketball without Kobe and football without Peyton. So, woo! In other news, things that are not seeming to go well for Boston sports is the Bruins. They were doing really, really well until last night. They were on a four-game winning streak, and then they lost to the Oilers last night, 7-4. to four. I know they're in third place um, in the Atlantic division. I just want to see how they creep up more in points, especially since they've been on such a hot streak. I mean, even last night, I saw on my Twitter feed of a post-game interview with uh, the Bruins assistant captain Patrice Bergeron, um, he called it an awful game by everyone and proof that they can't rely on what they've been doing lately. So hopefully this game was their wake-up call of, yes, you can be having a game-winning streak, but you need to not just win the battle, you need to win the war. And in this case, you want to be the one to hoist up the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And, oh, it is St. Patrick's Day, so I guess it only makes sense to talk about the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with them? I'm a little bit worried about these C's over here, you know, because we all know there's still two games behind the Cavs and Washington is really creeping up on them. They're only a game and a half ahead in the Eastern Conference standings for the second spot. And I mean, they played Brooklyn tonight, so I'm pretty sure they'll be okay, but Isaiah is not playing today. They're hoping to have him back for the game on Monday against the Wizards because we all know if the Wizards come in and beat them, how are they going to manage that half game? That half game can go by really quickly. Hopefully the luck of the Irish rubs off on them and they get what they need in tonight's game and just to finish off strong so that this does not come back to bite them. All right, so it is March and not only is it St. Patrick's Day, that means it's time for March Madness. And yikes, add my bracket because it's already broken. How is March Madness going for you, Bray? Man, talk about some bracket busting. Vandy or Vanderbilt, I had them in the Sweet 16. I had them in the top two. Oh. Oh. We're fine. But oh. hopefully everyone else is doing better. Who do you have winning it all? I actually have Kansas winning it all. You got the Jayhawks. I do. I have the Jayhawks. 
It was it was a little difficult for me this this bracket only because admittingly I have watched the collective five minutes of college basketball for the entire season. So it's been a little bit hard trying to pick a bracket this year, but so far I'm still okay. I am struggling, but I actually have UCLA going for everything. Why not? Because as someone who comes from Philly and watching Nova come home with the win, you know what? I feel like anything could happen this year. You never know. Yeah. I actually think your pick is an interesting pick because as much as I want the Pac-12 to be great again, I don't have UCLA in my Final Four. I actually picked Zona over them or Arizona over them. But yeah, I have Arizona over them for their Final Four spot. I just feel like, and as weird as this sounds, I just feel like UCLA is still a little too young and they don't really have that kind of Final Four experience or the tournament experience yet, so to say. We shall see. It's basketball. We're getting some really interesting games to watch. We just finished up earlier that tough 92-91 loss. Whew. Michigan pulled it off. So by the time we tune in next week, we will be whittling down from the Sweet 16 to the Elite 8. Who knows how much more crying I will do about my brackets. <laughs> Hopefully not much. Hopefully not much. Hopefully your brackets are doing well. We'll catch you all next week. Let me get out here so you can talk to Landry for parts and stuff. Bree, it's St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patty's Happy Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. I've noticed you don't seem to be wearing a lot of green today. I'm What's green the on the there? inside. Green on the inside. Yes. Okay. I'm wearing my uh, green socks today. And so. if the brackets keep busting, I'll be turning green already. Oh, that's so true. Bree, this is always a really fun weekend in Boston. Obviously, there's going to be a whole lot of St. Patrick's Day celebrations. We encourage all of you to you know, drink responsibly if you choose to. Stay safe out there. We do have some tips for what uh, what all you folks can do this weekend. So without further ado. First tip. First, eat before you drink. First tip, eat before you drink. That is so true. So some tips for the weekend. Number one. Aeronaut Brewery, we're big fans, is having a For the Love of Ireland celebration, two-day celebration of Irish culture. It's going to be a fundraiser for the Irish International Immigrant Center. As you can imagine, there's going to be Irish music, Irish dancers, Irish theater, Irish poems, and Irish drinks. I was about to say. And you know what the best part is, Brie? It's for free. So is the money going to... So I think the money that you spend on your drinks Bet. and food is going to go to the fundraiser. Awesome. And so we can just donate money as well. That's nice. Drink for a cause. People. Drink for a cause. That's right. You're drinking for Ireland and immigrants. It's a great cause. Um, and this is going to be starting tonight at 7.30 p.m. It's going to run, I imagine, with a break for the early morning hours. But until Saturday at 10 p.m. Irish celebrations. I don't ha have any Irish bones in my body. But I like to uh, imagine that I do, so I'm gonna go there and uh, learn an Irish jig, learn so a, learn an fun. Irish dance. <laughs> Bree, have you ever been to Iceland? Do you know much about it? Not at all. I have never been to Iceland. I would love to go. What do you think it's like in Iceland? Honestly, cold. I I don't know what. Um, Iceland looks like. All I know is that actually Iceland is green and Greenland is icy. <laughs> no, very confusing, right? Iceland, you know, great tourism destination from Boston. So there's a huge Iceland festival going on in town this weekend. Kind of crazy. The First Lady of Iceland is here. Oh, wow. And tomorrow night, pretty cool. 
at the Middle East, starting at 9 p.m., totally free, even though I encourage you to get there early. There's a huge lineup of Icelandic music acts. I'm just going to read some of the names here. I'm assuming these are Icelandic words, but um, we have Mammut. We have uh, the Dirty Dotties. And we have Fufanu, yes. That Fufanu you were thinking of just then will be performing tomorrow night. So we encourage you all to get there. Again, admission is totally free. And uh, enjoy the music of the great country of Iceland. Make Iceland great again. Make Iceland gold again. <laughs> Make Iceland ice again. I would just like to say that thank I don't you know. for picking events that are college budget friendly. Yeah. As uh, in free. Dory, Dory <laughs> listeners, I know about your financial situations. All the events this weekend are free. Looking out for you. Because guess what? Number three is another uh, international festival. It's very exciting. A Persian festival called No Ruse. No Ruse. 2017 at the Museum of Fine Arts. That is tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's going to be also lots of dancing and music and art. Um, just a celebration of Persian and Iranian culture. So that'd be really cool. Like, you're going to be so cultured this weekend, Bree. Yeah. Know, Iceland, Going Irish all and, around the world. Right? In a weekend. Just in a weekend. Who needs 80 days? But up, ding. <laughs> we got to end the weekend on a very large parade. I don't want to give you fake news, listeners. The South Boston St. Patrick's Day Parade. Alternative Sunday. Parades. Alternative parades. Starting Sunday at 1 p.m. Also free. Parade should always be free. It's going to begin at the Broadway T-Stop, and it's going to end at Andrews Square in South Boston. It's been a tradition in South Boston for more than 110 years. started in 1902. I know none of you were alive then, but I imagine that was a great celebration back then. But let's make it even better this year. So wear your green and celebrate Irish culture. It's going to be a great time, Brie. Can I see you there? At the parade? Yeah. My parents are going to town this weekend, so. You know, I don't know if I have to cover, because you know how hockey selection is this oh, Sunday. I actually have to cover that for a class. But, I don't know if I can sneak in an hour. Let me say something for you. Class is first semester. Ireland is forever. <laughs> just, Excellent. Just think about that when you're deciding whether you should go or not. I'll keep it in mind. Just think about that. Believe me. All right. You're welcome, listeners. We'll see you next week. Get out there. Have fun this weekend. With that, this ends this week's Buns Friday 5 for March 17th, 2017. Have a happy and safe St. Patrick's Day. Bring out your best Irish accents and may all your beers be frosty. For the Buns Friday 5, I'm Chris Atanza. And I'm Rob Carter. And I'm Landry Holland. <laughs> have a fantastic week.